All right. Welcome to 10, brought to you by the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, powered by the Exarban Foundation. I'm Shauna Dorsey, Executive Director of the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, here with my co-host. I am Brian Poppy. Uh, I work at Mutual of Omaha, leading one of the business units there. We're joined today by Mark Hayner. Mark, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice. we're, we're glad you're here. And uh, I guess just first and foremost, thank you for hosting us at the LinkedIn offices earlier this year. Uh, we recorded one of the podcasts and the, the music room, I think, actually, is yeah. what it's uh, affectionately known as. Yeah, we have that music studio there with uh, electronic and stringed instruments and mics, and it's a really cool space. Yeah, it and, is. And now enough stuff to host a podcast. It was great. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're broadening the, the spectrum a little bit. <laughs> yeah, thanks for hosting us. Uh, so um, one of the things that I've seen you do super well is engage folks on LinkedIn uh, with your Monday thoughts. You want to talk a little bit about that and like kind of your goals for that and, and how you go there. Yeah. So, uh, I have this newsletter I publish every Monday called Monday morning thoughts. And, uh, it was really my attempt at taking content that I was sharing with the organizations I lead around thought leadership, perspective in business, the harmony between our personal lives and our professional lives and trying to like create these carefully constructed and like thought provoking topics that would help the individuals and the organizations I lead really ponder the way we go about doing business. And after doing it for close to 10 years, um, LinkedIn conveniently also launched a product called newsletters. There was um, a way of deepening the richness of our platform that people are accessing every day for more than just getting jobs. And uh, I was an early adopter of that. And it became a really powerful platform to kind of spread those thoughts and get a two-way conversation going with professionals across many different functions and organizations and industries. So um, it's really taken off. We've got a large number of subscribers and um, it's just really been a fun project. Well, hopefully we can add to your subscriber count with uh, yeah. mentioning you on Tech yes, Entrepreneurs Nebraska. Okay, great. Monday morning thoughts on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add it to the, the post comments. Oh yeah, good call. And all of good that call. stuff. Um, so one of the, the topics that we discuss discussing today is um, good versus better. Is Did I get it right? Getting better versus being good. Thank you. Okay. Can you talk to us about this topic and spend some time on that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, back in the fall, this was one of the um, additions of this newsletter. And it was really sparked from this um, idea and a lot of conversations I was having with folks that I work alongside that sometimes we try to get things perfect before taking a step forward rather than getting things good and making rapid progress over time. So a more conventional way of thinking about this might be like the concept of failing forward. So in the tech industry, a lot of things have been built by being good enough and then rapidly iterating on failures over time. Um, in fact, isn't AI about like rapidly learning and improving over time? So um, some more popular versions of this are like getting 1% better every day. And what I wanted to do was spark a conversation around how many times do we hold ourselves back because we feel like we're only focusing on the things we're good at versus those we're trying to get better at. So um, this newsletter, for an example, is my version of trying to get better at something versus doing something I'm already really good at. Right. Uh, readers can definitely give me the critiques and help me proofread every week. Um, so that's the nexus of the 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 um, headline there is. Um, Let's focus as much at getting better as we are at only doing the things we're really good at already. Mm -hmm. 
Wait, speaking of proofreading, I've heard that's a pretty good way of like driving engagement where you like intentionally misspell something just to oh. get the comments. So just pro tip. So I'll for stop you. taking that hard yeah. and instead I'll start throwing like, in a random wrong word. Yeah, exactly. Just so that you get some comments back and you're like, oh, good. I'm doing the engagement and mm-hmm. it'll build from there. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, I like that as a concept. Um, I've tried to say like perfect is sometimes the enemy of good. Yeah. And like uh, it feels like the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have the follow up of like if you're good, then like continue iterating, which mm-hmm. I, I feel like somehow I've got to make that a, a pithy slogan to to continue to get better even after you hit that that good mark. Yeah, there's all these juxtapositions or paradoxes we find ourselves working with every day. So there's also the adage, good is the enemy of great. Yep. So those two things are the exact opposite of each other. But with all things in balance, right? If we're only doing things when they're perfect, we'll never get anything done. Yep. But if we can thoughtfully pursue things that we're getting better at that are, um, think of like a product launch, right? When you reach an MVP stage, you roll it out there knowing there's going to be a lot of enhancements and you're going to get a lot of feedback that helps make it better. But if you don't have that stage of your uh, launch or your release, then you don't get all the feedback you need. Mm -hmm. You sink a ton of resources in and then you're late to the party and it never takes off. Boy, I mean, I've tried to say like compare activity versus progress. And activity Mm -hmm. is like the research stage where it's like, man, this feels great. Like I'm, I'm doing a bunch of things that quote, feel like work, right? Like, yeah, it's not actually driving the outcome forward. You're just more spending time doing things. I've got a spreadsheet that like lists all the competitors or like compares the things, but that doesn't actually like build the product Mm -hmm. that you actually want to launch. It just feels like you're doing something that's activity. Progress is doing what you're describing, which is like, go build the thing Mm -hmm. and then get feedback and then make that thing better. Like if, if that's what you're after, like progress is going to drive you way faster than, than doing the activity of just having to, to do the research or finding more things that you could adding more features to the backlog, right? Like that's not actually building things that sure, would yeah. help move uh, whatever it is that you're trying to do forward. Yeah. Last week uh, I was fortunate to be traveling abroad with some family and friends. And one of the friends that we were with, I do some investing with, and we were talking about um, these investments in terms of how can we scale them before we fully fund them. And the benefits of that are the incremental gains that we would get by broadening more rapidly and the overall wealth that it would create versus um, just focusing on like making an initial investment and then making that investment totally whole. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's math and strategy that goes into all of this. But if we think of incremental gains more rapidly, then the mm-hmm. whole becomes much richer. So some ways I'm trying to do this both personally and professionally, for example, are how can I be better at asking for help whether that rather than only asking for help when I'm like super confident that I'm not going to get critical feedback. Right. Um, so that's like a really vulnerable way of doing it. Another way is stepping out into things when I know that I'm going to be in the growth zone, not the safe zone, mm-hmm. not in the danger zone being reckless or careless. Um, but in that like constructive area where it really helps most people thrive. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And that's where I was going to go with this next was talk. Let's think about this or talk about it on a personal level as well, because we have many of us, all of us have opportunities to continue to evolve. Yeah. And like you said, most of us, I'll speak for myself, love operating in that safe space. Like one of my being a vulnerable person, and I will share this is that I just really do not like asking for money. So part of my gig as an executive director of a nonprofit initiative is fundraising. It's a very critical piece of this job, actually. Um, But that's something where I'm like, okay, how can I, to your point, get incrementally better and just step out and ask because just, you know, thinking about the mission and not about myself and, you know, all of that. So 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Asking for help in any way is so personal. Yeah. Even if it's not about a personal thing you need, Mm -hmm. you're putting yourself out there saying, I don't have everything. And, uh, I think the best leaders, the best executives, the best managers, whatever, uh, you know, they're, they're in charge of, they're the best at asking people to lean in to help the cause. Mm -hmm. And, um, in that article last fall, I referenced a friend who was becoming a CEO for the first time and his hesitation in doing it really well was knowing that he was not in a position to execute in the business anymore. Mm -hmm. He had to fully rely on his officers to be successful, which meant this really convicted, successful, um, decisive person needed to relinquish a lot of those controlling elements and just trust and ask the people who he was leading to be successful. Mm -hmm. So super vulnerable. Well, I mean, that's an ongoing transition even for like entrepreneurs, right? Of like, oh, I started out and it was me and two of my friends and we made this thing and then like the company grew and I couldn't do the same things anymore Mm -hmm. in order to make the company successful. Like that kind of leadership transition is... To your point, it's tough because it requires new skills and it requires like admitting that you can't do everything that you mm-hmm. want to or, or used to be able to do anymore. Wouldn't it be great to have like a window into the minds and emotions of all these amazing founders that have eventually had these great companies that outgrew their leadership mm-hmm. Yeah, when they step aside? You know, like we hear about Steve Jobs and some of those like more dramatic exits and reentrances, but I'm sure they, every one of those individuals has gone through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like that's a... It feels like it's got to be part of the human condition, right? Yes. Just like everybody's got the same sort of like it's my drive. Baby. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, those growing pains and all of that too. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, well, I, I, we've reached the end of our 10 minutes, Mark. Thanks for coming in. This was great. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can all incrementally get 1% better. I love or, the 1% better. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, pursue getting better over being good. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I uh, love the podcast. Uh, been fortunate to know some of the guests leading up to this. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, everyone.